last time we were doing this, I um, <laughs> you put a bowl. <laughs> You put a bowl of tortillas in front of me. <laughs> or was it nachos? Uh, yeah, it yeah. was. It was. Yeah, it might have been nachos. Yeah, and uh, I couldn't. They got. I think they put MSG in them, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't. I couldn't stop eating them. Yeah, and uh, you know, out of the thousands that listened to this podcast, we did get one complaint. That I was that I was eating. Was it and a complaint or was it just a suggestion? No, it was a, it was <coughs> it a was plea. A it was a plea, really. Don't eat on the podcast, and then, but I couldn't help it because you're a feeder, mate. You you put the bowl <laughs> in front of me, and then I'm a feeder, and then, <laughs> and then yeah. When we were doing an email exchange about it, yeah, all it went, it was like. Oh yeah, that was Carl on the nachos. <laughs> I'm like, you bought them, dude. <laughs> you saying I? You saying I turned you in straight away? <laughs> you did actually. <laughs> <laughs> so we did have one gentleman say, "Guys, love the podcast. Your eating is awful." <laughs> on the mic, and to be fair, I think it's a valid point. It's like, a valid point. If you're listening to someone eating on a mic, it's not mm. nice. If you didn't mm. click on the, but, but. Yeah. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and some of the chilled out ones, the dudes are dead, so they're smoking cigars. You know, they're just, they're just chilling out, doing just their thing, out. which is this kind and of. And you style. started again, like you're doing it now. You, you could. Can... <laughs> 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 what have we got there, my friend? What have we got this time? Hopefully, you can hear the carbonation. Mm. So this is Morrison's best. Mm. Sparkling and apple and elderflower press. Do you say pressy? Presse? Presse, is it? Presse. Made with British and apple, hand-picked. We haven't quite finished the uh, ribs from Morrison's. And you've got some olives, so nice olives. I yeah, love the just chi- a few oh, nibbles chilies. as we go along. Um, but I think, given the comment, we will tr- do our best to try and move away from the mic when we're eating Doritos. How about that? We haven't got any Doritos. No, we've got olives and cheese. I've got a mate who used to think they were called Doritos. <laughs> I thought that was you. <laughs> anyway, uh, here we are again. So, um, how's your week been? Oh, that's nice, that. Yeah, good week, mate. Um, so, I've converted my garden to uh, fake grass. Oh, no. We've that's not talked about That's really this. controversial. <laughs> oh, no. Best thing I've ever done. No, no, mm. it's terrible for the creatures. What are you doing? <laughs> what creatures? No, because... Oh mate, really? Yeah. There's an account on Twitter which I can't, I can't say the name, mm. which campaigns against people with fake grass. Really? What led you to it, mate? Is the neighbours got it? So no. So I've tried a few different things in my garden. So mm. we're in a new build. We've yeah. been there five years. Garden does not drain at all. It's terrible drainage out the back there because I think they just dump loads of waste to compact it. It's well, heavy clay. It's not clay. a big area, is it? It's not a big space. So it was pitched at quite a serious angle. So I've built right. it all up, mm. and then I turfed it, didn't work, turfed it again, didn't right. work. Right. Got a big dog, he kills the grass, then he brings the mud through the house, through the patio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you filthy. You didn't think terrible. of gravel or? No. some containers on it? No, I didn't think about that. Just I've, I still like a green sort of mm. garden anyway. I laid down a big sub base. Mm. So you've got two options, type 1 MOT or limestone. Yeah. If you've got pets, you go limestone because type mm. one compacts too tight. You need okay. gaps for dog urine yeah. to pass through. Then a, then a sharp sand. No weed membrane. So you can hoover it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then lay your, lay your product and cut it in and, mate, it's beautiful. You're good at that. 
But I'm okay. What, what, yeah. sort of, what, what holds it down? So you've got galvanised steel pins. They're like four-inch mm. big nails, basically. And they disappear into the, into the grass. Mm. Um, but nowadays, mate, it's like 30 mil, soft, hard-wearing... And if you pull the grass back, it's got like different colour grasses and little fibres and dead little grass in there. Yeah, and it yes. looks so, I mean, it still looks like a fake lawn. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of overall look, I think it's okay. Mm. Practicality, you know, my daughter's out there doing cartwheels. She couldn't do that when it was a mud pit. Right. It's just it's so you. much easier for us. Mm. I, I don't own a lawnmower, so I was always borrowing my father in law's lawnmower. Right. So now, you know, it's a hassle-free garden, mate. It's beautiful. Yeah. But I'm big into my gardening. I've got shrubs, hanging baskets, I trees. You, uh, you like your trees, no? Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a major you plantaholic. Are. Yeah, you are. But yes, I'm astro I look forward to seeing that, mate. You well, know, and, uh, maybe I'll reshape my opinion. Yeah. Um, it was a good... It what was about a good the worms? Choice. What happened to the worms? They're I've fine. seen a boulder somewhere else. Yeah. Birds and that. Yeah, I don't see much. They say the same thing about tarmac driveways. I've got a tarmac driveway, mm. but it, they reckon that's contributing to all the flooding, don't they? Like, there's a very... Because it doesn't drain away. You have to have soakaways and yeah. stuff, don't you? Well, you certainly destroyed a, a thriving mushroom patch, didn't you, for your... Uh... I did, actually. Yeah, that was, that's worth commenting on. That When I moved into the estate where I live a minister mm. during the week, there was a... Um, <clears throat> Uh, like a mulch patch. I thought, actually, it didn't make any sense. It didn't mm. make any sense to me. Yeah. It, you know, there was like one concrete car, sloping car space with a brick wall around it. And then the rest of it was like framed mulch when we moved in. I'm like, I don't get this. Why is that? And then one day I woke up, stuffed with the magic mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> right in the corner of this cul-de-sac on this. That's a lot, didn't it? A lot. <laughs> yeah, they, they are identifiable magic mushrooms, so they had to go because it wasn't, you know, wasn't conducive to the uh, to the work. No, no. And no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so the bloke was already thought it. No, I didn't. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. interesting talking about the, the flooding and stuff, the mm. finely tuned mm. ecosystem that is the world. Is you know, it's a fascinating thing. I've been, it's you can't really talk about it anymore. Stuff like the climate and everything, because you unless yeah. you have the the pervading prevailing view, you know, of climate change and everything. You, yeah, you know, you get shot down. But mm. the world has gone through twists and turns, mm. ice ages and. Mm -hmm. Times it was hot, and I was listening to another podcast recently where someone was saying that at one point the CO two almost levels are so high, it nearly wiped out the entire planet. Really? And then it changed back again. You know, like creation rescued itself, kind of thing. Just sort that's of our LED light is falling apart. Yeah, I think it, I think it goes around there, but because I've moved the setup a little bit, it's pulled it mm. out. But it looks all right. You know, we, there's things we can do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about climate change, to be honest with you. I know that it got really cold in Essex recently. Well cold. It was like minus 10. 
minus 10. Yeah. Have you seen those when they had that weird storm hit the States? Yeah, Did you see people bomb. were like, yeah. they were boiling the kettle mm. and then chucking the water mm. up in the air and it was instantly freezing. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. cold. One one TikTok I watched, he had a couple, he had like a bottle of water and he was holding it out. And he was like, everyone said it would go, you know, and suddenly it just went, no, froze really? in his hand. Yeah, yeah. TikTok's cool. Yeah, TikTok's cool. It How can doing, be really destructive. but How are you, you doing? Well, on my anonymous account, I've not actually checked it today, uh, on my anonymous account that I set up as a, a test, or oh, that was it just coming live there on the mic. Uh, let me just check. Uh, okay, so um, I can't quite pull up the stats, but in a month, yeah. I've had 64,000 likes and about just under 2 million 64, views. 64,000 likes? Yeah, and I've gone from zero to 3,785 followers. No one knows that it's me. It's under mm. a different, it's under a pseudonym. Wow. With a stupid photo. So it's just people that are enjoying the content. hundred percent. I've not cross promoted to any of my other feeds. What's your What's your top three videos? What are your top? Uh, Six hundred ten thousand. Wow. Is that the fighter pilot one? No, that one's seven hundred ninety four point seven. Wow. Thousand. Yeah, seven hundred ninety four thousand seven hundred something, and I've got another one hundred thirty nine thousand. I've got a few at fifty thousand, and a whole bunches of like a thousand, three thousand. 20,000, stuff like that. Where do you get the ideas from? Um, just basically rip everyone else off. <laughs> I've got a theme. The theme, I don't want to give away my name. We, we have in the last podcast, we said it. Did I? Yeah. A oh, vintage bloke. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't think it made any difference. And haven't you posted it on Facebook anyway? No. no. I'm sure you have. No, not this you one. Have. You have. No, I've not. I'm sure I've seen you post... Incorrect. I have not cross-promoted. Keep talking while I just uh, fact check A little bit of research. No, I haven't. Not on this... Not any of those videos. You have. I haven't. I did the plant one. Now I changed it from Plants Bloke. I'm sure I saw it on your Facebook page. Hmm. Yeah, I just checked I it out. You did. <clears throat> just looked that up. Carl Beach... You aren't going to find it. I mean, it's, you, I'm not doubting you. I mean, yeah, you you're are. a man of integrity, but I'm just thought. Well, I, I try to be a man of integrity. I thought maybe I saw details it. slipped my mind, but um, it is interesting what you find that people. What I found interesting is what people find interesting on here. Military stuff, people like retro stuff from like these seventies yeah. and eighties, <clears throat> uh, old news stories. Um, Old, you know, sitcoms or TV series from the past. Yeah. Uh, some retro toys that I've got a collection of. Not many, but I've got a few. I mean, one, I had a Space 1999 Eagle, mm. which I just took a short video of, with the theme music for Space 1999. It's a 54,000 views. Yeah. It's quite extraordinary, isn't it? Um, You're right. It's, where I got confused was you put out a post... Theme tune for putting the bins out, and there's the SAS. That's right. I, I thought that was a promote. TikTok. <clears throat> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the other thing that which leads us to the kind of reason we wanted to talk today was mm. um, people are slightly obsessed with aliens, UFOs, or UAPs, as they're calling it now. UAPs. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Is that what they're called? Yeah, well, they've sort of moved away from 
UFO to UAP. So, you know, the Pentagon released all this footage mm. of the flying TikTok and, yeah. you know, these spheres. And yeah. um, uh, there was a pilot, Ryan something or other, I've forgotten his name, um, he went on one of the major podcasts and, you know, yeah. he said we would see these spheres with cubes inside daily. And they were, they upgraded the F-16 Fighting Falcons radar system, like, you know, in 2005, 2006 yeah. or something. And as soon as the upgraded radar system went live, everyone started seeing, like, the pilots, like, daily, they, they started seeing these objects and they would be able to track them and they had a couple of, like, up-close sightings of them and it... They, because of the culture, you know, no one wanted to speculate, oh, what is this? They yeah. just thought, is this foreign technology or whatever? Yeah. And it became a flight safety risk. So they started to have to come up with this new reporting system because these jets are flying along, you know, six, 700 knots, uh, training to dogfight or whatever, or patrolling the eastern seaboard. And then suddenly they're in danger of running into these things. And then they started to do these phenomenal manoeuvres. You know, they sort of go from 60,000 yeah. feet to below the sea. And, and and so the Pentagon released all this footage. And so TikTok's got alive with this stuff. And the latest thing is, you know, the Russians shot down some sphere over Ukraine and mm. the Rendlesham Forest stuff mm. where apparently UFO landed in the USAF base right. in Norfolk and blah, blah, blah. But TikTok is that if you put... UFO or Alien Grey or something in TikTok. I, I took a clip, a, a copyright-friendly clip mm. of the Alien Grey on Close Encounters of the Third Kind from 1977. Yeah. It got thousands of hits in it. I just put yeah. Alien Grey from the 1970s. People go mad for it, mate. Why? Because... Why is, but what's underlying it? Is it this search? We want to know we're not alone. I... I the quest for origins, who are we? That's mm. that's niggled mankind since since they first started to walk, you know. Mm. And, and, you know, you go yeah. back, all the cave drawings of stuff in the sky and sun worshippers and... Yeah. We definitely, like, we... I mean, I would say, obviously, from a faith perspective, that I don't, I don't think God left us floundering. Mm. He put in us a spark. Yeah. A divine spark, so that we had searched for God, like a search for him, like a radar ping. So, yeah. you know, every ancient tribe has worshipped something. Mm. There's something in us that longs for more. Mm. Like even as a little kid, I I grew up in an atheistic environment, but even as a little kid, I you know I remember sitting in a garden looking up at the sky, thinking yeah. there must there must be something up there. So yeah. People worshipped the sun and the moon, or the stars, yeah. didn't they? Or yeah. The trees or whatever, because we want there to be something. I think. Now, like we've got all this technology, like incredible, the advances in technology are insane at the moment. Mm. Like we just can't help but keep creating stuff and trying to improve things. But it, like if you notice that, like everything has to get better and better. Like yeah. we've got this insatiable drive to improve everything. Yeah. We're not content yeah. just to go happy with my hut and a palm tree. Like yeah. got to have the next bed, got to make it better, got to make it faster, got to make it shinier. And I think it's left a vacuum. Like, but why? What is that? It is weird. Have you noticed mm. that technological drive? Like, we are, we are obsessed for the most part. Yeah. And like in the big picture, of mankind with innovation. Yeah. It's weird, and then but it leaves a spiritual vacuum. Yeah. Have you seen any of those interviews with Elon Musk where he talks about 
Tesla, but it's mainly SpaceX. And he talks about the processes and tooling that they use. And if something isn't, the, the, the tolerances are incredible. So if it's not yielding enough or if it's not efficient enough, yeah. he's always questioning the process, the system, the tools to develop, to he evolve. He can't get a door to line up nicely. It. Oh, mate. He wouldn't be the bill college terrible compared to Toyota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tesla, yeah. But, but that's what you're saying. It's that perpetual process of the system has to keep evolving and being... But we, like mankind, like we are we're constantly mm. obsessed with not just tech, but everything better, faster, slicker, easier. And just Have you, There's a discontent, isn't there? There is. Have you had anything same-day delivery from Amazon? No, I haven't Mate. had that yet. You've got that down this, south, haven't you? Yeah, this stand with the phone on, mm. recording, see if, for people watching on YouTube, that was same-day delivery. No. Yeah, I, I thought... Oh, I need that for the podcast. Ordered it by about half ten in the morning, right. and by six, they got they got came. robot deliveries here. Like some takeouts and stuff, they've got these like Milton Keynes. I think they've got these right. robot carriers, haven't they? Wow, I've seen footage of it. Like delivering your takeaway it comes up to the door. Really? Yeah, sends you a text. I'm outside the door, and you go, and the, the catch pops open. You pull out your chicken booner. Like it's mad. It, it just trundles off. Like they could, you know, there's some places where I couldn't do that because you just end up in the back of a boot. Yeah. But, but. but no, it, it is a culture now of same day, isn't it? We are literally like, it was next day, now it's needed now. I tell you, the other thing I was looking at, slightly drifting, was uh, the latest Boston Dynamics yeah. robot. Yeah. Like the agility. Yeah. I wonder if I take a, let me see if I can get this. I'm like, wow, like where is where is that? Gonna go like it's insane. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think I saw it. I think you shared it with me. There's but, another one. There's another one out. But the but the robots mapping the landscape in real time to to move. But I I can't see how that will ever negate every variable. So let's say you put a robot into a terrorist situation. They can outthink that. They can change the terrain easily. Quick enough to get away or, or have an advantage. Oh, yeah. I just can't see how AI will adapt that quickly to a, a change in terrain. Unless, I suppose, it's literally programmed with every possibility. Yeah, you say, look, oh, here's the latest on, right? New Boston Dynamics video. Right. Just so you can see this. We'll get it on the screen for the video. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's basically running about scaffolding and... Moving Picking paint. it up and the strength throws about. that bag around. Yeah, I've seen this. Doesn't he throw that bag like? That's crazy. Now the thing is, where right, you've gone from the Sinclair yeah. ZX81 yeah. in like 1980 <coughs> or something, like 1981, yeah. 82, yeah. to that in 40 years, mm. and you say I don't see how they're going to cope with terrain, mate. 40 years on. It's true. It's a lot of development. Yeah, like rapid, and it, you know, you've gone from the right flyer, like nineteen oh three or whatever. It was, yeah, that's off the top of your head, something like nineteen oh three, ninety five, to the Raptor, the F twenty two Raptor, whatever they were. Yeah, but I mean, where's the ceiling crazy. on this? Where do you hit that ceiling where it's like we can't go any further with what we've got? Well, God once limited us on Babel, didn't he? It's like right, you're done. I don't know what the ceiling is. Um, mutual, mutually assured self-destruction. I, yeah. I, I don't know. What is the ceiling? When, when 
God says enough, you're trying to be like us. Mm. I, where does it end? I, to be honest, I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're smart enough to. I don't think we got the tolerance or the ability to um, contain technological advances that destroying ourselves. We're Skynet isn't it? all over again, and people are so easily swayed. Mm. Now politicians are like politicians are oh. so easily swayed by the mood of the people. Now I was thinking about um, like the Greta Thunberg stuff, mm. right? Mm. I mean, she when she started to take the world by storm, mm. was she like thirteen years old or something like that? And I thought this is. I remember thinking then, like this is not about what she's saying. Yeah, this is about the influence she carries. Yeah. I'm like, this is insane. Like in the book of Daniel, it says. You know, your children will rule over you. Mm. In the last days, your children will rule over you. Mm. And I thought, that's a really interesting... It's a, you know, people will run to and fro across the earth and knowledge will increase. And there's a little line like, your children will rule over you in the last days. I'm like, yeah, that, so you've got... You know, the problem with planet Earth at the moment is is not just the climate. Like, there, there are millions of problems we've got to deal with. Yeah. A 13-year-old kid... Captures the world stage and serious world leaders and scientists are, for their popularity's sake, whatever, are now at the mercy of this 30-year-old kid who stands up in platforms and calls us all out and shouts and screams at adults. And I'm like, That's interesting. And I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm like, you've got this platform because of Western civilization. Like, you know, hold on, you know, 100 years ago, you built up a chimney. Yeah, like, well, there's been a lot of good as well as a lot of bad, but but everything's been swayed mm. by this young voice. Not everything, but you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's really weird. Mm. So I don't think politicians they don't have the foresight, the long term thinking, or the ability to make super tough decisions to be unpopular because they just get voted out. Yeah, we're like being led down a plug hole mm. and to be a hest of. The latest mood. Mm. That's what I think. Interesting. That's mate. where the gospel cuts in. I'm going to have some milder for that's our where, But that's where the message of Christ cuts in, and what yeah. biblical prophecies. So where? So, so there's an interesting thing then. Mm. So that that era, the era of Daniel and the prophets, minor prophets. Where are the Christian voices calling out in response to this? Well. Um, I think we've got to start to, but it'll mean that you become very unpopular and you've got to be prepared for the attack dogs. I mean, in a very, very small way, when I started to call out about the lack of men in church, yeah, I got called irredeemably sexist for starting men's breakfasts. That's an amazing statement, irredeemably. Is yeah, there anything by a, irredeemable? By a celebrity but, Christian. I but got that doesn't make sense. Publicly, irredeemably sexist. And this... Person was involved in all sorts of women's ministry. I, I disclaimer. Yeah, I'm about to eat an olive. But aren't all things, by the power of Christ, redeemable in yeah. human character and life? And he it can was reach. A leading voice. It's incredible. It's like saying you, you're an irredeemable sinner. You're beyond the reach of Christ because of what you've said. Yeah. It's like hello. Have you read the Bible? Not reading the same book as me. It's amazing, mate. Isn't it? It's an amazing statement. But the point I'm making is. If you, like, none of us are completely right about anything, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. How arrogant have you got to be to think your opinion is genuine as right? You're right about that. I'm right about that. <laughs> that is, I'm actually 100% right about that. That deserves a little bit of Manchengo tea. Oh, that's gouda. That's gouda. That's gouda. And it's quite spicy. I'm going to get into trouble for eating that, aren't I? <laughs> I'm not going to eat anymore. So, if you, if you dare to say, look, I believe the Lord is saying this, um, and you go on a particularly focused track, like, like the way we do, but you really start to speak it out. Yeah. You will gain a following, not that it matters, yeah. but you will attract a lot of opposition. You will. And we've got to be prepared for that. I'm not sure people are prepared for it because these days you just get cancelled. You just get cancelled. And I, I'm regularly having to have conversations with people by email, text, or phone calls, or in meetings, where mm. I'm like, look, just because we said this doesn't mean you cancel us. Or just because we're exploring that, you don't, don't just shut people out, because we've got to be yeah. able to have the conversation. So by cancelled, does that mean, like, just cut off from yeah, being... Yeah, like you don't bugged, exist. You don't get invited, you don't get... Yeah. Mm, yeah, okay. And you know, um, yeah. Or you just you just get you just get labelled. <clears throat> I mean, I've got really strong views at the moment where I think the church is heading mm. and what we need to be leaning into. But I just got to choose my time. Do you see yourself as a prophet? No, I think anyone who sees himself as anything probably isn't. <laughs> like you know, when people say to me, oh, "I'm an alpha male," I was just inside I'm thinking, "No, you're not." You shouldn't have to say you it. Have you to were. Say it. Yeah, you just get known by what you do. Yeah, it's interesting. I've been called a prophet on on Twitter and that a few times, which um, gives me a wry smile because I've never thought of myself as that. Well, you well you are you sit in a, in an interesting slot. We've I mean we've always laughed about it. You probably C stroke B list. Christian I would say. Yeah, I'd be on like I'm a Christian celebrity get me out of here I'm a Christian dancing on ice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Christian daytime telly that's you know. yeah, yeah, I think yeah so. that's fair <laughs> I, might, I might have gone up a notch I've got plans to I've got plans for a B-lister before I die but you but you enjoy putting thought out there I mean occasionally well, I like I'll, the conversation yeah I'll jump onto socials occasionally and you'll do like a, 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 an evening musing. You know, you're putting out some thoughts and I, I just, it doesn't, I've never thought to do that. I, but you like the debate, you like the questions. Well, I also, I also do it because I think I've got something to say yeah. that comes out of prayer and, and I, I feel this angst about it. Right. Like, oh God, oh God, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I can see the church being like, for instance, the latest late night musing or dawn patrol. That's it. Yeah. I just, I just, I just, I can see the church just getting consumed by secondary issues yet again, mm. and no one's talking about Jesus. Yeah. Well, that, that's not fair. Like people are talking about Jesus, but they're not, not as fun. Like leading agencies are not as front and centre talking about Jesus as they should be. So we get yeah. consumed by debate about yeah. secondary things. And then when I take what I think is unarguably a scriptural view, like 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, I determine so nothing yeah. amongst us that Christ is crucified. People go, well, explain what you mean. Right. Like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. Just just be all about Jesus. There is there is a lot of, well, what I, I mean, when I came off of socials, and that's one of the reasons why, it felt like there was a huge amount of, opinion and quite divided opinion and heated 
views that really just felt like it just took you in a circle and it had nothing Terrible. to do with life-changing power of the gospel. Yeah, and I think the prophet oh, cuts right. through. Yeah. It's the waste, prophet cuts through. Yeah, it's wasted time. It's fruitless, I think. I mean, I'll put something out today on Twitter right. and I don't know if it's had much response because it normally takes a bit of time. <laughs> and I only did it because it was winding me up. Um, uh, yeah, so I just... I put this tweet out mm. which said... Uh, Christian worship and preacher PR photos are so often presented with people in clothing and styling that's unobtainable for the vast majority of ordinary people. It yeah. creates disconnect, builds barriers yeah. and subtle feelings of inferiority unless you are moderately wealthy. Yeah, at the same time, you don't want to dress in a rag to try and be... Didn't say that. No. That's whataboutism. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with Twitter. Because yeah. whenever you say anything, they go, what about? Yeah. Or what about? No, yeah. just that point is, most <laughs> PR photos uh, are... You know, people are in their Gucci, you know, they're £200 trainers. Lambs and... wool. Lambs wool coat. <laughs> <laughs> Crew hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> Which I got from a discount website. Right? Yeah, it's defend right. it, mate, defend it. Well, actually, it's got grease up it because <coughs> Karen was fuming with me. She yeah. actually went for being a gentle Karen. She used to go, Karen! Because <laughs> I cooked an omelette in it and, I, and I flipped it. I'd got a splashback, mm-hmm. mate. Yeah, red, uh, olive oil. Won't come out of that, mate. No, That's but ruined. it's not that noticeable, is it? No, I can't see it. Uh, no, can't see it from Not here. much, no. But, but you, you are a, a sort of a statement putter. Oh no! You you want to just last? I've step. never seen it. But like and, that. and the thing people don't know about you, mm. which is in, an important thing, mm. is that you have a sort of a, and I would say an eight to ten second memory on stuff. So once you've put something out there, mm. you forget about it yeah. unless you're actively involved in a conversation. Mm. It's the same in person. If if you had a heated word with someone, mm. you walk away and you instantly forget about it. Hundred percent. And the other person may take days or weeks yeah, chewing over it. it over. You know, we're just men having a chat. Yeah, but that's an interesting thing to add because you don't carry any of that, where a lot of people Try not to. will... It's a discipline. Yeah. Well, and wiring, I suppose. Yeah. But, I, you know, uh, when I was managing a team in the bank, this, I was only in my early 20s, yeah. you know, that's a, it was a sales team, like, mm. full on, you mm. know, money at stake and mm. it was aggressive and... Yeah. Uh, you'd have to sit with these bullish characters. I yeah. learned that sometimes you just had to be in the office and people going, like, oh, you total div and yeah, all yeah. that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Then you'd be down the pub having a pint like yeah. it never happened. Because yeah. it was work. It just worked. That's an interesting... I know a guy who I won't name, but he worked in a bank and it, he shared a few stories of uh, physical abuse, actually, amongst right. men. Yeah. Like, really getting hostile with each yeah, other yeah, and yeah. hurting each other mm-hmm. and it, it very... Very aggressive oh. environment to be in, yeah. Yeah, it could be. I've seen people screaming in people's faces, yeah. grabbing their ties. Yeah, and, yeah. Especially when there's money and ego yeah. involved. But, but it does, it, even now, you see, it's slightly, I have to catch myself just on that note because sometimes, you know, as a leader, you have to say to people, not happy with that. Yeah. You know, that that's not what I want or do, expect to yeah. blah, 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 whatever. In a super gracious way. Yeah. Then I just move on, like, yeah. I'm done, yeah. you know, that's it. And that yeah. doesn't affect my view of someone, you know, that yeah. conflict's happened, like, da de da de da job done. It'd be like a week later or, like, later that night, someone would send me a text, I'm like, I'm really feeling... Yeah. I'm like, 
What? What about? Yeah, like, yeah. What happened? What, what's the matter? <laughs> I'd, I've, I had a similar experience. I'd met with someone to chat through an idea they had for church ministry, a ministry arm of the church. Mm. And I just, I thought it was a brainstorming session, so fired in a load of ideas. Weeks later, they mm. told me how upset they were that <laughs> I'd destroyed all their ideas. I thought we were having an ideas meeting. <laughs> they went away absolutely broken. It was like I'd got no idea that had happened. I just thought we were talking. I came out of the banking world into Baptist ministry <laughs> and uh, yeah. my, one of my very first elders meetings, they were doing the Christmas publicity. It was shockingly bad. Mm. I mean, they come up, they showed me this concept I did in this elders meeting and they'd yeah. already gone to the final design about to, and we're going to give out, you know, 25,000 of these. Of course oh, the wow. I looked at it and I went, are you joking? <laughs> and they went, what? And I went, that's terrible. Like, that just looks terrible. You cannot give out 25,000 yeah. of these. And this old elder, he went, the devil's got in here tonight. And I went, where? Why? Like, what? And he went, the devil's here. He said, I've never experienced such disunity and opposition to an idea. And I went, well, it's a bad idea. Like, I'm just saying it's a bad <laughs> idea. Like, you shouldn't do it. And he went, well, this is devilish. We need to pause and pray. Wow. and pray. I went, guys, I go into bank meetings and say, you've got no idea. These are guys who have been in ministry for yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, interestingly, going on a massive tangent, <laughs> I skim read the report on the, the uh, shuttle disasters a couple of years ago, like the space shuttle disasters. Yeah. And paraphrasing the, the masses of analysis, yeah. the problem was they'd lost the ability to criticise each other and, and, and the ability wow. to do critical analysis. No one wanted to talk up to management and say they were wrong. Or no one could dare say to these senior engineers, this heat tile is not going to work. We've tested this and it doesn't work. So they'd lost the ability to say, that is bad. Wow. This doesn't work. And it just got buried and buried and buried. So there was this like, one voice who was saying, this heat tile will break. This won't work. And he got buried. And they got away with a couple of launches. Wow. You know, Challenger goes up. Yeah. Well, that, that one broke up coming so, in, didn't it? Yeah, was Columbus, one, yeah. was it? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, and, it, yeah. and it, Columbia. Columbia. Yeah, and, and it was the heat shield. It was that, it was that weakness said, and that yeah. toll. And no one, no one dared take this complaint up high. Yeah, yeah. And that was the final analysis. We lost the shuttle because no one dared speak up. Because of the culture, mm. that's an important health check for church, isn't it? That yeah, and any, anywhere family life, yeah, like, yeah. You know, you, I think unresolved conflict and unspoken critique mm. is so toxic. I mean, confrontation's really hard, right? I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't mind it. We have to grab your guts a bit, and yeah, yeah, take a deep breath, yeah. yeah. But unless you sit down and say. Can we have, look, this is difficult, but then unresolved conflict just breaks you apart. So, like, I've done so much marital counselling over the years yeah. where marriage has blown up purely because they don't talk to each other about the real problems. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the little niggles that annoy and people just end up living their own lives and one day they've got yeah. nothing left. Like, the kids go and they've got nothing left. Yeah, nothing's there. Got to talk about it. And then the yeah, same applies in family, marriage, yeah, ministry, yeah. business, yeah. friendships. Yeah. I mean, like, we've not had many crosswords, have we? No. 
but probably not really crosswords, but like we've been honest or probably cheesed each other yeah, off a couple of yeah. times. But I don't he, think of many. Any. Really. Because we trust each other, like each yeah. other, but professionally we could say, no, we're not going to... Just be... call it out. Right, and so the secret to an enduring ministry partnership, yeah. which has been some years now, how many years? And I think, how yeah. How many years have we been working? Ten. Yeah, so a decade of working very closely as yeah. we, has come about because of open transparency. Open, and... yeah, as and I and I do think there has been, and I think it's some Bible, Bible comparison here with Elijah and Elisha that ministry compatibility yeah. that I think God allows and develops. I'm not giving you mine, ninety mate. That's it, mate. mine, mate. <laughs> Look, if the Lord turns up with a chariot, you got to go. It might be happening. <laughs> but there is, but there's also, mm. and quite importantly. There's no, um, what's the right word? There's no power play between us. There's no, no we're not prima donnas. No, nah, we're not fighting over platform. We both know what we're good at and what we're not good at. Yeah, when I moved into the El Presidente role, the yeah. president role, you know, yeah. kind of strategy, bit of vision, guidance, and fundraising where I can. Yeah, I, I backed out of staff meetings and directional meetings yeah. and operational stuff, didn't I? I don't know. Yeah. I might have been in one or two in all the yeah. years. And, because that was that, and we're not precious about it. No. No. Just get in your lane and, and, and rejoice, isn't it? But, yeah, the ability to lose critical analysis was... Yeah, it's good, that, mate. Yeah. And it, that, anyway, talking about the, uh, the spade, the shuttle thing. Yeah. Um, Getting us back on theme. Well, for yeah, this podcast. Just majorly, he's just checking the old cameras. Yeah, just making sure it's still recording mm. for the video. We... Um, that is another interesting psychological phenomenon because you're we talking about UAPs, alien greys. We deviate yeah. massively into conflict resolution mm. and criticism, but yeah. um, that quest for space is interesting yeah. because, you know, we're obviously like post-pandemic and, you know, global economic crisis yeah. and war in Ukraine. And yeah. people were saying to Elon Musk, like, why are you... You know, these are vanity projects. Mm. You know, Branson's launching Voyager. Mm. And we did think, didn't we, that Voyager looked fragile, didn't we? Mm. We thought we were going to have Richard Branson be floating around in orbit, well, didn't we, we? We did text a few times, didn't we, about that? We, we thought we were going to, like, his body would be, It'd be slowly enough, declaying yeah. orbit. Then we go, there he goes, Branson's <laughs> orbiting you because it just looked fragile. Yeah, like the space station, yeah. you spot, spot him going round. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you've got, what's his face, Amazon boy? Mm. Uh, oh, Jeff. Jeff Bezos, you know, his uh, sky blue or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, Blue Origins. Blue Origins, sky blue. <laughs> Isn't it funny, actually, like, the way they call them, their, their rockets, different names. Like, Jeff Bezos has got this patriotic, you yeah. know, the Allen craft, whatever, yeah. Blue Origin, and Musk is like BFG, you know. <laughs> <laughs> big boys in big effing rocket or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're completely different. Yeah. Uh, but but Elon Musk, when he got called out saying, This is your billionaire vanity project, mm. he went, you, We've got to have more to aspire to than yeah. just fixing problems. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good chat. I remember in lockdown, I think it was lockdown, one of them, <clears> when they landed the thing on Mars, the new Explorer. I, I watched it like, Oh, this is awesome. Mm. You know, it felt big, and I was I, I was on the beach two, three nights ago with my daughter Annie. Dark, and we're laying looking at the stars, and we I've got an app that shows where stuff is. Yeah, I've got that. Me and yeah, Caroline, yeah. I'm walking uh, yeah. Cavapoo, yeah. And I said to Annie, that one there, that's Mars. With the naked eye, you can just see it. Amazing. 
And it's like, we've got something there. We've got some tech there rolling around. Yeah. You know, and we're sold a picture of, oh, it's looking for like, it's doing other things. We know mm. that. But, yeah, it's, it's you exciting. Have an asteroid that's going to come past. It's going to come past at the same altitude as our furthest comm satellites at 20,000 kilometres up. We need to get Bruce Willis on there with a drilling team, don't we, and sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one sci-fi film that is so full of holes. Unbelievable. Oh. <laughs> I know, let's send up some ground workers. Yeah, land on an asteroid, <laughs> drill a hole in it. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, anyway, what we say? Yeah, so this this quest, the dream for space, but Elon mm. Musk is saying mm. that we've got to be an, um, a multi-planetary yeah. species, isn't he? Like, we need to... Humans 2.0. But all of this, it takes away... Like, our lives are in God's hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's given us a planet. But let's, let's talk universe for a minute, mate, no, because the universe mm. is... It's mad, isn't it? When you think... Crazy. Why is it even as big as it is? Why Why is it... I mean, it's bigger than we can see. Mm. Uh, the observable universe, you know, we've seen to as far as our tech will show us. But we, we just can't understand it. And its origins, its purpose, its function, it's absolutely mind-blowing. I was... Um, I... Um... You know, I like a bit of abstract painting. I haven't done yep. much for a while, but I, yep. I've long wanted to paint the pillars of creation, the, the Eagle Nebula. Yeah. Um, let me just look up the stats. I haven't got it there on this. The Eagle Nebula called the Pillars of Creation. Um, let me just... We'll be able to bring a picture of this up on Sunday, mm. won't we? Mm. So they don't even exist anymore. Um the entire formation is like 70 light years big. Right. Um, they're five light years long. Wow. Let me let me call up a picture of it. And um, you see this here? That, that's the pillars of creation, right? And they're star factories. It's a star factory. And that wisp at the top, like mm. the tiny little wispy bits there that I've zoomed in on, that's bigger than our, our solar system, like... Like, it's, it's, it's just... That's mad, isn't it? Like, the tiniest, tiniest finger at the top is, is hugely bigger than our solar system. And they say that's a star factory. And they're taking... Hubble took that photo of it. Yeah. It doesn't even exist anymore because it's so far away. The light's only just reaches. So you're looking back in time when you look at a photo. Like it's, it, the, the statistics are, are crazy. And they're saying... That our, so I drew up some other stats. That mm. Our galaxy... They reckon there's 100 to 400 billion stars, 100,000 light years across. But that is half the size of the neighbouring Andromeda galaxy, which is 220,000 light years across. So, like, our one sun, our one sun in our solar system, mm. they're saying there's up to 400 billion of them in our galaxy alone, and there mm. are billions of galaxies. So this, this is the whole thing. When we talk about UAPs and UFOs, like you mm. were maybe an hour ago, I don't know how long yeah. ago it was. The Fermi paradox, was some scientist called Fermi, he said, he was sort of strolling down the road and he said, if life is so easy, someone from somewhere should have come calling by now. So the Fermi paradox is, if there are so many stars... That billions of stars and possibly billions of planetary systems, mm. and 
we've only been in existence for a minuscule amount of time to the scale of the universe, apparently, yeah. unless you think it's a lot younger than we've been told it is, then surely some advanced civilization should have found us by now. Yeah. Surely it would have come knocking on the door. Unless we, unless all species and civilizations seem to blow themselves out because they're stupid and they never get that far. Or the tolerances for life are so thin. Or we are it and we just gaze and marvel. Like, we are it. Imagine. Isn't there a quote that says, like, we're either on our own or we're not and both are equally as terrifying? Yeah. And who's that? Who's that? Physicist with a permanent smile, like he's a bit of a rock star. Uh, what's his name? Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Right. I was listening to a TikTok of Brian Cox on is a, a reel, so it's an Insta reel. Right. I couldn't resist putting a comment underneath. He's sitting there. I think it was with Joe Rogan or something, and he's saying, "Why do people have to say there must be more? Why do they have to believe that?" I mean, he said, like, "What's the matter with people?" He said, the, we are made of stars. Like Our molecules are made of stardust that is billions of years old. And these molecules have formed, and they've formed us. And that is a miracle. And like we get to observe this incredible universe for this tiny amount of time yeah. like with these constructs, these structures that have been able to gaze on the universe, and then we're gone, and the whole thing will go one day. And we have this miracle opportunity for a short window of our lives to look and say, wow, isn't the universe amazing? What a privilege, how amazing that is. Why does there need to be more? And I thought, all right for you to say, let's live in a mud hut in Ethiopia. Mm. Starving to death. Starving to death. Mm. What, what do you mean? Mm. That, what a privileged load of rubbish. Mm. I thought, wow, you know. And it's just smiling about it, going, how amazing, how amazing that we're just going to die. What a privilege it is we get for these few moments. I'm like, yeah, because you're speaking from a point of view of Western privilege. Yeah. That, that is not the majority of the world. The majority of the world, going back ago, what we were talking about at the start, are painting pictures of sun gods on cables because they're longing for there to be a creator who loves them. Mm. And God put this divine spark in them. So I'm mm. like, yeah, I hope there's more. And if there's not, it's a sick joke. Mm. There, there's more. But are there aliens? <laughs> well, Sigourney Weaver took care of a load, didn't she? Yeah, I think she did the job. What a great film. But they were they were biomechanically engineered yeah. assassins, weren't they? Yeah, blood with acid, acid blood. Acid Scary. Blood, I remember yeah. growing up watching that stuff. Are there aliens? Oh, I don't know, mate. I mean, on a, on a microscopic level, is there life? I mean, if there's water on other planets... Well, why not? Must, why should that freak us out? must contain something, right? I don't know. Yeah, and God used processes, you know, I mean... So, who knows? I, but why... I, so since the dawn of time, yeah. man has wanted there to be... We want to know where we come from. Yeah. Didn't we? We do. Mate, let me read this to you, right? Have you heard of exoplanets? Yeah. So I, I got the top three exoplanets mm. closest to us that basically an exoplanet is the highest chance of life like we know it in mm. terms of weather, climate structure, right. organic base, or, you know, however you want to frame it, it's... It's the most likely to have the chances of life that we've got here on Earth. Right. So the number one, Glyce 667cc, is an exoplanet which is 22 light years away from Earth. Right? 22 light years. That's the closest one. 
and I googled it, even if we hopped aboard the Space Shuttle Discovery, which can travel at five miles per second, wow. it would take us 37,000 years to travel one light year. 37,000 years. 37,000 years to travel one light year. Wow. This planet's 22 yeah, light insane. years away. So then by number three, it goes up to 2,700 light years away which I did a quick calculation, that's nearly a million years to get there at, at five miles per second. I mean, these, these things are there, but we, yeah, they're, they're, we're never going to... These gonna... are the incomprehensible stats, aren't yeah. they? They're, yeah, they're like... the distance that that is from us. I mean, it's phenomenal. And we're looking at sending some solar probe that we shoot with lasers and it gets somewhere in 15 years, but, mate, you're never going to step foot on anything like this, I don't think, ever. Any variation of human life, unless there's some massive leap forward in light travel, the speed at which we can travel. Since 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 people started properly thinking about this stuff and applying science, there, yeah. there's this whole question about origins, like where yeah. where did we come from? Yeah, and it's almost like people are desperate. Scientists and philosophers are desperate to, you know. There is no God, like, there can't be. And they're left with this constant problem. So I think it was, um, uh, hold on, get a brain hard drive going. Right. So Manuel Kant came up with this thing called a nebula hypothesis. <clears throat> and then this guy called Pierre-Simon Laplace modified it. This was back in 1755. And this was the first attempt to say there is no God. This just happened. So they came up with this theory, the nebula hypothesis, like nebulas flung out dust, like the sun and the solar system is all formed at the same time. And, you know, there, there didn't need to be a creator because Newton had said, like, he struggled with that because he said that to be a creator. And, and that is the, from 1755 to now, the nebula hypothesis is still the pervading basic philosophy of our life claim about now the solar system formed from 1755. Wow. We've not let that go. And even like Darwin's theories and uniformitarianism and all that kind of stuff, we've not really moved on. And no one says, how can something come out of nothing then? Well, where did that dust come from? Who made the dust? What, what made the Big Bang? Mm. No one really... There's some weird quantum mechanics theory of how stuff can come out of nothing. But even then, I'm like, well, that's... Yeah. It's all theoretical. It's all theory. Mm. My view is there's a God and he made the heavens and the earth. Like the psalm, was it Psalm 91 or something? He's the God who flung the stars into space. And Now Habakkuk 2, verse 2, he, he, the stars shone like rays from his hands and the like power of God's evident. And mm. was it Romans 1? How, how can you say there's nothing? Paul says there's nothing. Like how can you look on creation and say there's nothing? Like we've been inbuilt wonder. And yet scientists are determined to say there's more and, and but we came from nothing. Yeah. There's this contradiction. There's loads more. There's life out there and but it came but it from had nothing. No origins, it just is. It just is. And we should be satisfied with that. No. It's nuts. So I came up with this concept for sci fi book, which I've never got around to mm. getting beyond. Wasn't it a trilogy? Yeah, I never got beyond chapter two. I've got a lot going on. But the theory was that these people, like hundreds of thousands of people, are stuck in this fast spaceship, like this immense spaceship that's going through interstellar space for 
like thousands of years and it's all automated. They're living like this utopia. <laughs> like it's incredible utopia, but yeah. no, everyone's forgotten why they're on it. And they just accept it. And I pitched this story to a couple of people and I went, that's stupid. No one would think, well, I'm on a spaceship and not ask why. And I went, well, you are. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're on. Yeah. That's what's happening. It's going round and round and round. And no one says why. <laughs> Isn't there a Good, cartoon like that? Wally. Where the humans oh. are all fat on a spaceship oh, yeah. laying on beds. Yeah, all just, on mobility scooters. Just being fed. <laughs> <laughs> and then they wake up and they have to walk about that. Yeah, they're all on... Um, Mate, that Ian M. Banks is like that, isn't he? Who? Ian, ba- Ian Banks? Ian Banks, Ian yeah, Banks. the uh, culture laws, yeah. They're good. No, oh, well, I've only brutal, read they're one. Brutal, yeah. They're brutal. I'll send you a couple more yeah. you should read. I was going to look something... Oh, yeah, talking about the scale of uh, Voyager 1... Distance. <laughs> Voyager 1 was launched on the September the 5th, yeah. 1977. So it's a little satellite. Yeah, and it is now 14.6 billion miles away. You can track it, can't you? Like okay. right now. Well, it's it? now, um, it's the first spacecraft to travel beyond the solar system which interstellar space. Right. I think we lost contact from it now, haven't we? Yeah. It's zipping through space at 38,000 miles an hour. Wow, it's 45 years. It's only just gone into interstellar space. It entered interstellar space in August 2012, 35 years after its voyage. But the discovery wasn't made official until 2013. And well, there's nothing there. Mate, that's it's got fast. the golden record on it. It's designed to carry voices and music from Earth out into the cosmos. Wow. It's got enough fuel to keep its instruments running till 2025. By then, the spacecraft will be approximately 30.8 billion miles away. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just chucked it out to space. Yeah, and it's like, wow. It's got pictures on it, gold-plated copper so, discs with pictures of mate, where we are. They've told, they've, told they've, they've said where we are on these diagrams. That's a bad idea. What well, I mean, what if we're wrong? It's Independence Day, isn't it? They come and yeah. harvest us. They come and get our seawater. Suck it all up. Yeah, suck us up. And turn <laughs> us into turn jelly. us into food. Batteries. Yeah, jelly and batteries. And it's a bad idea giving them our postcode. I think if there were aliens and they found us, that'd be it. It'd be like batteries, food for our couldn't horses. Yeah, to come and harvest yeah, us. Definitely harvested. We couldn't fire HG Wells had it right, didn't he? War of the Worlds, and they, they created red blood-fed veg- vegetation. Yeah. So, Voyager, <laughs> let's say it keeps going for eternity. <laughs> will it ever hit the edge of the universe, or it just keeps well, going? Well, I mean, how can there be an edge? What was, what's We're off, in a box. Well, this is the thing I find fascinating. What is the other side of the edge? What? Nothing. You cannot, our brains can't conceive nothing. There must be something, and that's God. See, yeah. That's what I think. But I, I think God surrounds the universe. I know there's the multiverse theory and all that stuff, but. No, my simplistic view is for us to understand eternity, we've got the universe to look at. Yeah. And I, I like to look at the universe or the stars at night anyway and try and think about an eternal life in heaven. Right. And I, I kind of equate it a bit to the universe and think, well, God, you've made something that I can't understand. I can't get my head round. 
and that's right, that's near me, that's close. So if you tell me there is heaven and it's for eternity, I can't understand it. Like, I don't understand the universe, but I trust you because it's there. What's this psalm? Let me just look this up. Well, yeah, I think our brains, you know, like a rev limiter on a car. Yeah. I've thought about this a few times. It's like, capped. It's, it's, you hit the limit. I think we hit a limiter. Like, I think it's deliberately engineered into us because, like, obviously you've got mega brains, like Stephen Hawking and people like that. And you get the savants, don't you, that have... Yeah, yeah, they've got, like, you know... Um, they're just on, an, on another level, you know, yeah. people like Tesla, Nikolai Tesla and people like yeah. that. Um, <coughs> I was listening to a, a podcast recently where... I didn't realise this. I've tried to verify this information, but apparently Nikolai Tesla, he 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 came up with a concept of a bad, didn't they? They got you, didn't it? That's well hot. Have you hit any spicy ones? No, I've been trying not to eat because I got told off by whoever it was. Oh my word, mate! Your eyes are watering, and I nearly sent you a TikTok last night actually of a bloke who ate the world's hottest chili. <coughs> He's going, I love this, I love this. Oh, I'm losing the ability to think and breathe. And... Is that is that chilli? Oh! Yeah, no, it's another guy. Oh. He ate the world's hottest chilli. Oh, my word, that was hot. Um, so Nikolai Tesla... Yeah. There's a lot of conspiracy theory around this because he, he was in a race with Edison and uh, he they reckon he came up with the concept of, you know, just basically producing free energy, free energy for... <coughs> Lots of trial systems out there yeah. and stuff like that. Going, Mate, that'll learn you for eating a chilli on a broadcast. Yeah. So yeah, he developed all these systems, but they reckon that the financiers of the fossil fuel yeah. industry basically suppressed it. Like they, wow. they even coming up with the term fossil fuel to imply it was limited and scarce to inflate prices and wow. stuff like that. But they, they, they suppressed his technology. But... More importantly, he was like this <coughs> odd character, like this outline brain, right. where he would just sit and visualise systems and structures and mechanics and power plants and stuff in his head yeah. and even be able to adjust things in his head, like the angle of that transistor. and could just see it. He could see it and, yeah. and then it would just, it'd just make it, like it would come to him in his head. Wow. And and apparently he had like idea after idea after idea. So he had to like rack them up in his brain, and just drop the next idea, and then engineer it in his mind. Wow. Yeah, just just like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, how mad is that? Anyway, where were we? Um, talking about the wonder of the universe. So I think even Eternity, though we've got yeah. these vast brains, like these people who yeah. think like to the amazing degree, yeah. they still can't solve it. Yeah. Like, uh, Psalm 8, our Lord and ruler, your name is wonderful. Everywhere on the earth, let your glory be seen, let the heavens above. Mm-hmm. I often think of the heavens your hands are made and of the moon and stars you put in place. You put in place. Then I ask, why do you care about us humans? Why are you concerned for us weaklings? You made us a little lower than yourself and crowned us with glory and honour. And you let us rule everything. Yeah. I think that's why, you know, we, we cannot comprehend the scale of the universe and our ancestors couldn't. The more we know, the more we don't see life, the more we think, wow. Yeah. And we can't... But I think we've got a cap on us. It's, it's out of human reach. I think we've got a cap. I honestly think we've got a rev limit on our brains. <coughs> I have sat... <coughs> I've sat quietly in a chair... Yeah. 
close my eyes and try to visualise concepts at the edge of the universe. Have you? And I cannot do it. I, I'm reasonably bright and I can't do it. I, I cannot conceive nothing. I, my brain can't go there. And I know there's all sorts of philosoph- philosophical and poetic, yeah. poetic nonsense <laughs> but out there to explain it. But no, I cannot visualise nothing. It's God. God's capped it. He's capped our brains, but I think beyond beyond what we know is God. No, the Bible is clear. You look at the universe and you go, wow, there must be more. Yeah, it's my father in heaven who loves me. Like last night, mate, or yesterday afternoon, I was preaching at a church in Bolton. There's a guy there, a hard guy. Won't go into all the details. A simple message about Jesus. And I, I watched him visibly change, talking to him afterwards. Yeah. Hit by the power of God. The creator yeah. of the universe touched his life and he was burning. His arms were hot, mm. tears in his eyes. Hard man. Tears in his eyes. Messages me, I'm, I I know peace. I cannot explain. I yeah. cannot. I read it to you. I showed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot explain yeah. what this peace is. And I'm like, brother, that is the peace of Jesus. That's the creator of the universe. Mm. has visited you in Bolton and touched your life. Mm. That's it. Yeah. There is more. Brian Cox. Hmm. There is more. And it's not just, believe me, it's in a little hall on a poor estate. It's yeah. me speaking. Yep. No drama. It came out of conversation afterwards over yep. a cup of tea and an old mug. Yeah. Like. No music playing. No emotion. No emotion. But not emotional person. Don't know. Yeah, there is more. It's very interesting, mate. <clears throat> but these these scientists are obsessed with wanting there to be nothing, and like they almost laugh at, ha ha, there's nothing. Mm. What? Do mm. you think that if you want? And I'm like, if that's true, why am I, you know, why am I bothered about my kids? Well, I'm bothered about my friendships because you're just going to be a faded memory on a JPEG file. Yeah, the human life experience is so profound and can be, can't it? So levels, there's so many many levels to it. Relationships, careers, lifespan, experience, character, you know, the things you go through, the things you can be and do and the families you can have. Mm. It's so... Complex and layered, and even our own biology is incredible. Yeah. Oh, the engineering. Yeah. And you know, um, I'm not going to go into all the details now, Mm. but obviously I've got a couple of health things. No one worry about it. You know, I'm not about to die, but I've got a couple of things I've got to navigate. uh, More on that another time. But but it showed me just how finely engineered we are. Yeah. And when one little system breaks. Yeah. The the effects are incredible on your body. Mm-hmm. Like and, and yet we're all weather, all purpose, can yeah. take massive amounts of abuse yeah. and you know, we're naturally like we self repair. Yeah. Other like, systems can t- step up and help. Yeah, like yeah. that's remarkable. And I've yeah. got systems <clears throat> in my body that compensate yeah. for ones that have gone wrong and Yeah, it's incredible the human body's incredible. Like the engineering and but the robustness yeah. and yeah. like wow, like it's amazing. Like our Auto-focus, mm. eyes, mm. full colour, widescreen, mm. stereo oh, yeah. sound. That's why it can't just be for nothing. It, that level of experience and life. Yeah. 
and, and, and who you are as a person. Anyway, some big stuff, man. And we're talking about space. Let's talk about space wars. Space wars. Because, here's mm. my theory, <clears throat> when man dominated land, mm. it soon got weaponised, right? Yeah. When man took over the seas, mm. we didn't dominate the sea, sea, <laughs> sea can't be, but we soon weaponised mm. the sea. Air, mm. when we took to the air, mm. we soon weaponised the air. <laughs> the pattern's there, isn't it? Mm. Space. Well, that, that space was happening, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's happening. Some people say... Mm. It's been happening a long time. Mm. Randy Kramer. <laughs> Talk about him a little bit while I get a clip. Well, I, <laughs> I first, just to explain it, me and Blackers don't just have, we're not just like a professional friendship where we're like two guys working in a gas station and then, you know, <laughs> once we leave work, we stop talking. We do talk a lot. Yeah. And uh, we swap. TikTok messages. And ideas. And ideas. Regular ideas, what? <laughs> Skillshare. Con- concepts. And I, <laughs> in one of my, sitting next to my beloved wife, uh, I was on TikTok and she was uh, shopping online and I stumbled across Randy Kramer. And Randy Kramer purports to have been a special ops uh, operative Fighting aliens. Fighting aliens. On Mars for 17 years. Yeah, and that he was, you know, went on a rocket ship and, uh, but it was when he got to the orbiting space station that he had a medical and signed a confidentiality form. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we're not making fun of a bloke with issues here. What we are, because it's quite compelling. This is the thing. It's great to watch and he really believes it. See if I can play a little audio clip. Mm. I was genetically engineered from the ground up, uh, tinkered with some extraterrestrial hybridized DNA to, you know, be smarter, faster, stronger for soldiering abilities. But you wear glasses. If I go get you... I don't know about this bloke talking. Some other bloke commented, but... Well, that was yeah, a short trip around the camera. Maybe yeah. we'll find another one and splice yeah. it in. But he, um, he talks about various different alien species and there's some great ones where he describes... You know, the merc- the shape-shifting mercenary species. And if he wrote sci-fi books, they'd be incredible. His sci-fi His books mind would be, I would incredible. say he's on a par with... He'd be on a par with L. Ron Hubbard, who found right. Scientology. Yeah. yeah, a bit odd. Yeah. Um, yeah, he should write a book. But but the way he speaks in interviews... He should just write seamless. a book. Like, like a gonzo <laughs> journalist type approach. Yeah. It's fiction and, and, you know, it looks like he was actually there. Because if I said to you now, tell me about your experience on Mars fighting with the Space Force, you'd, you'd have to create, you'd be, no, I'd I'd be obvious you're creating. Face, so, but this guy, he's like, yeah, we had this ionised rifle yeah. and they were supercharged by this. And then This I, is how we charged yeah, it. Yeah, we walked down this gangway yeah. and, and then we got armoured up. And But he's so fluid with it and yeah. so detailed. Yeah. I'm like, your imagination is... Incredible. Or it's happening. Or it's actually real. <laughs> Randy Craven. Check him out. The other thing, Matt, I don't know if you've seen this, mm. and I might get a pronunciation wrong here. Chiang Gong. Oh, yeah. Ch- Chiang Gong, yeah. translated as Heavenly Palace. Mm. China are pretty much there in mm. fully equipping their own international space, well, not international, Chinese space Chinese station. Chinese space station. Very interesting. Mm. America have either been caught out here or knew all along this would be the case. And a lot of people are suggesting that they've been caught out because they've tried to 
keep China out. Right. Um, and China have been forced to do their own thing. So I've done a bit of digging. Mm. Um, China want to have a lunar base by 2030, which NASA are doing anyway, called Artemis. Mate, have you seen the... Um, sorry, I'm to cut you off. No, go the, on. Um, there's a uh, sci-fi series, I think it's on Apple TV, about this space race reimagined. No. Yeah, that. and it, it like things changed. Like they it, like it's an accelerated space race. It's a fictional account of yeah. history was different. Yeah, and they end up with like the Russians and Americans having rifle fights on the moon and stuff. That's coming. Yeah, man. yeah. Well, that's the thing. <clears throat> so America have really been caught out here. I think people are generally think that. Um, <clears throat> basically, the International Space Station they're decommissioning by twenty. I've got the date here. Twenty. 2035 or something like that, right. it's going to be taken out of orbit. Right. But in 2011, <clears throat> Republican Frank Wolf introduced a bill known as the Wolf Amendment. So this is 2011. Right. That said no Chinese astronauts can access the International Space Station. Even though it was an international space effort, America barred China. Oh, dear. In 2011. Right. Now, what that caused is, 12 years on from that... China's just gone... We'll make our own. We'll make our own. And, and they've put photos up, what they've shown. There's obviously a lot on there they're not showing. It's really good. It looks amazing. Like a Futuristic, ultra-tech, compared to the International Space Station, it's just Falling hobbled apart. together over a bit. Well, the International Space Station is like, uh, it's like a travel lodge. Isn't it? <laughs> it's Ibis. A, it's the Ibis of space. Isn't it? Not a new, like an old Ibis. Yeah, yeah. Or one of them days in motels by yeah, a motorway. Buy them five ring road sort of motorway. Yeah, it's noisy like that. all night. Yeah, yeah. Terrible coffee. Can't open yeah. the window. Yeah, confection <laughs> machine don't work. We've been there, haven't we, mate? <laughs> oh, sticky yeah, garbage. Ter- yeah, terrible toilet. Slight leak round the side. Been there. Yeah, been there a lot. <laughs> People think it's glamorous being a travelling <laughs> evangelist. <laughs> But that's, that's basically the International Space Station. The Chinese, are, and they're building... <laughs> it's like, done. It's out there. Yeah. And they've got the last part going on. Well, and theirs is on. like the Ritz, right? Mate, is the... And they're leading the way now in space they're leading the way research. In but interestingly, what happened, I thought this would be an interesting conversation starter. There's a guy called Cyrus Jensen. He's got a, he's got a YouTube channel. He lived out in China for a while, mm. and he said there's something the Americans missed in the culture of China, right. the Chinese people is once you push them into a corner and box them and basically say you're no longer part of this, mm. there's two things, like, sayings that they have. One is, one can't do anything about it, but that's almost like a call and there's always a response and the response is, so we'll think of a solution. Right. So instead of reeling away and doing nothing and just accepting they're not part of the main stage platform in space research, they've gone away and gone, right, we'll do our own thing. And they've, and they've led the way. So now they're in charge. There's very interesting shift. We've not seen that for like when, decades. There was some other satellite, weren't there, or Chinese space station <coughs> fell out of orbit. Yeah. And then, like, where is the Americans or the European Space Agency? They'd be like calculated, let's yeah. nudge it so it falls in a specific yeah, no, way. It just They're dropped like, on. Yeah. yeah, it hit Earth somewhere. Yeah. Might be Dagenham. Yeah. Not quite sure. Yeah. They just don't care. No. Just bang, let's just do it. No. So, so Space Wars. And actually, China and Russia have launched satellite missiles. So China, Russia did it first, and then China, mm. and then India, actually. Mm. They shot down one of their own satellites, you know, defunct wow. old satellite, 
just in part just yeah, to prove they, they can. Yeah, space debris flying Mate, everywhere. About five thousand traceable items of space debris. The Russians We're going at thousands of miles an hour, just take mate, out an astronaut. Yeah, then. the Russians when they shot theirs down, it was fifty kilometers below the space station, the International Space Station. So they went on red alert to escape when it when the missile hit this satellite just below them. And presumably those particles are naturally degrade. No, they're out there. They're out there, just orbiting. Like Branson, it's flying around. Like <laughs> Branson. Yeah, if they're low enough to be in space in Earth orbit, they burn up after about a month. Because the Americans That's what I mean, they'll gradually degrade. After, yeah, after a time, yeah, but a long time. It's crazy, isn't it? Madness. So, and do you know, so if there are aliens, like, let's say that they've got this vast tech or they come from some parallel universe, yeah. we're not contending for that. Yeah. Not, so that's what we believe. But yeah. They'll be looking at us going, what a bunch of chuffs. Yeah. I look at these guys. Yeah. Like, they'd build weapons that could blow their own planet up. Yeah. They blow stuff up above themselves. Yeah. Whatever they do, they're fighting each other yeah. all the time. All they do is they fight each other. And you get that everywhere. In every organisation, people are fighting each mm. other and rowing mm. and positioning. Mm. And You're just mm. seeing that on a global... Yeah, amazing, though. We go to space to do it as well. Everywhere we go, just fight each yeah. other. They're, but now it's... Crazy. It's, it, they don't... So Star Wars, mm. as we were led, you know, in the 70s and the films... That that is unrealistic in terms of a space war experience. We're not mm. going to see big ships with lasers and because no. the the tech just isn't there. I, I looked up and it. Well, cost... the other interesting thing is space wars wouldn't happen like that because what no. is what is upside down, back to front, like moving like that? Well, yeah, because there's no gravity or friction. Well, there's no orientation. No, and and to change direction, you got to first put boosters on that way, the way you were going to stop. Right. And then boost another one. What way. is that? Battlestar Galactica when the Vipers are like doing like nine G turns. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so the tech the tech's not there, and even lasers require incredible heat drain sources and stuff. It's just it's not there. And even I looked, it costs fifty thousand dollars to lift one kilogram up into space. How much? Fifty thousand. So you uh, and one of the space shuttle. Oh, the, it might be an ISS the space. Anyway, it was like a million in water, a million dollars just to. Anyway, there's an interesting thing. My favorite, um, my favorite space wars. I read a lot of sci-fi. Yeah, not so much recently actually. I have stuff on, but yeah, I read a lot of sci-fi like the Union Bank stuff. My favorite one is by Orson Scott Card. It's called Ender's Game, which they made a film out of, which right. wasn't. A, I didn't think it was very good. Right, but it's set slightly in the future where. Um, they're, they they get these kids and Ender's one of them. And they, like, they're the computer, like, kids are just amazing. Oh, this is the Harrison computer. Ford one. Yeah, and the film is nowhere near as good. The book is insane. The mm. book is amazing. Mm. And they, these kids are playing this computer game and they increase the the severity of the game. And, wow. And, the, and the, like, the game is like you're commanding these spaceships and moving them and then fighting against yeah. all these alien... Yeah. Craft. Right. Then it turns out in the end he's actually been fighting a war and he didn't wow. know. Wow. You know, and so he's when he's taking his ship to go, it's like a ship full of hundreds of crew, thousands of crew, big battle frigates. It's actually and real and they got him in yeah, there. People are getting blown up and he has no idea and he wow. finds out after so, but he he's this ruthless kid. Like when it comes to computer games, he's ruthless. So he goes to the kill shot, wipes out the whole of this alien species. Well, because he thinks there's no nothing at stake. 
Yeah, and it's just, just the game. way he plays the game. Like, so he just wipes them out because he's utterly ruthless and he sends thousands of people to their death in order to wipe them all out. But then he finds out that basically we provoked this alien species and they were just trying to defend themselves and their hive mind. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it's like he has this, this hugely like... That sounds cool. ...psychological response to it. That's to go and make peace, you know. And like, yeah, mate, it's brilliant. Get a book. Get but an audible. the interesting thing is when they're training these kids, they train them in a zero-gravity environment. So first training is they launch them into this big orb with a zero-gravity and they float out as a team and they're playing like laser tag. But of course, there's no back to front, upside down, no. and he gets it straight away. Like there's no going forwards and then turn left and turn right. It just like could be any orientation. There yeah. is no. He mate, it's brilliant. I'm and that's how they to train that. him to do space <clears throat> combat. That's cool. Orson Scott Card, Ender's Game, the book. I'll get check that out. Yeah, I'll check that like, out. Get, get on Kindle. Brilliant. It's it's an interesting conversation, mate, especially with space. And I I googled it, and the main focus for governments mm. now is what they're calling protecting space-based assets. Right. That's where we're seeing the investment and the tech and the the advancements in militarised space, like Space Force, you know, Trump. There could be a market here for something, you know. Mm. You know, like you can buy like a metre of land in Scotland and become a lord. Mm. Maybe you could buy a bit of space. Bit of space. A space lord. <laughs> we could meet. I'm not joking. You could put that, you could sell that on Amazon. Certificate, claim it. We claim this bit of space because yeah. not owned by anyone. Claim it, sell off a thousand bits of space to be a space lord. Spoof gift. <gasps> You've just announced it on the podcast. What have I done? Oh, I'll delete it. Yeah, it could be a money spinner. Space lord. <laughs> Selling space. <laughs> you could choose Give space. someone coordinates. Yeah, space coordinates. Like a cube in space. Just there's your yeah, cube. Yeah, just a, get the coordinates digitally banked in a spreadsheet. Here's a picture of your bit of space. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> you be get a, a nice proper hustle, wouldn't it? You just print it out in the office. What to buy the person who's got everything for Christmas? Space Lord. A cube in space. Yeah, you, no, you back to Space Lord Blackaby, and you own a bit of <laughs> Alpha Centauri. Lord. You own Alpha Centauri. You own, we sell planets. Yeah, I've got a certificate. I paid for it. It's mine. Yeah, legally in our binding. data bank, you, you know, we just there's like it's a hundred billion planets to go after. <laughs> That's an amazing idea. You need to patent that quick, mate. It's patented. That's... You just said it. It's done. It's out there. Delete that bit, mate. Yeah, I'll delete. No, that. Delete that seriously, because <laughs> <laughs> your eyes lit. I mean, no, Dad's. That's a goer. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's a goer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here's an interesting fact. Okay. Talking about space, NASA, yeah. and crossover tech. So did you know NASA developed that we now have in normal daily use scratch-resistant glasses? That was a NASA invention. Mm. It was NASA. Um, what about the space pen? Maybe, don't know about Let's that. Let's have a space, but no white's underwater. Laser eye surgery. They pioneered the tech right, that right. is lasers, yeah. laser eye tracking. Shock absorbers on bridges and buildings in earthquake spots. That mm. was a NASA tech. High efficiency solar cells. Water filtration that's an industry standard now on Earth. That was NASA. Um, lots of stuff like that. You heard this... Uh, the, the compact old, drill the, the, the space invention joke where... Oh. NASA presented the space pen. You can buy a space pen. Go on Amazon and get a space pen or any other online retailer. You can get a space pen. 
and it, you can write in zero gravity on it. You can write upside down, back to whatever. It just yeah. the ink always flows, blah blah blah. And uh, and it costs apparently to develop it. It was you know millions of pounds to develop this space pen technology. And the Russians went here. We did it for ten p. Imagine that when it's called a pencil. Right, so everything. Would it though? Would a pencil run underwater? No, no. But why do you do underwater in space? Unless it's a conspiracy, actually, the whole thing's filmed underwater, which is the conspiracy theories say that all this. Again, there's some great videos out there on reels and stuff. These, you know, they're on wires when they're doing their zero gravity. They're on wires, and the whole thing they're underwater. Man, and the whole thing's fake. I'm like, come on, dude, you can look for it. You can you can see it going past. Have you, have you seen that video? On, I watched it last night. Video on TikTok, where there's a woman pretending to be on the space station, <laughs> and she's standing in front of a green screen. Oh right. And there's a guy in a green morph suit. No. And she's holding a holding For an real? item, and she throws it up, and he's holding it. That's and he a just fake. moves it that's around, a, and a, then he brings it back, and she's like a, hitting it around. That's a fake video. That's a, those green screen morph men. That's a fake video. But you know a lot of those one in a million trick shots on TikTok. They're fake. They're, they're green screens. Green yeah. screens. Yeah, hundred percent. But there's ones where they're doing the somersaults and it looks like a wire snapped and he hits the deck. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all the conspiracies. Hey, I told you. Yeah. They're probably on wires just to keep themselves from floating about too much. Or maybe it is, not. Mate, it is interesting. I I don't know if you remember. I wrote a date down. November 26th, 2019, mm. the US tracked a missile from Russia into space. Right. Payload unknown. Right. Uh, mission unknown. Right. 11 days later, mm. there was a satellite up there, and then it split into two, and it moved and located itself next to an American spy satellite, and it sat in orbit with that satellite and ghosted that satellite. Wow. And then in 2020, they tracked it firing a projectile. Yeah. Wow. So, they, so they, a, maybe a, a kinetic energy weapon. Yeah. Firing a missile, firing a solid object. Amazing. Yeah. So all this stuff going all on stuff, all mate. the time, we don't know. Yeah, it's all going I on. I was talking to this F-15 pilot, in um, ex-F-15 pilot in, in uh, Switzerland when I was doing this conference out there. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, he said, I used to I used to scramble from uh, Lucas or, or whatever to intercept when he was based in the UK to intercept the Russian triple off bear bombers when they oh, yeah, came yeah. over. Yeah. And he said, and we, they, one time they're based out, they're flying out near Iceland, they're intercepting these bombers coming over. And he said, they would try to kill us. They had these, he said, it was more brutal than people realised. Yeah. You know, you see these photos, they fly alongside and wave at each other. He said, yeah. it wasn't that. He said, they, they used to have like this. Eight kilometers long wire, radar wire, they'd trail out the back to pick up all the signals and the subs and stuff. And they'd try and bank and turn to throw it into us. Wow. And try to kill us. Wow. They had lasers pointed into their visors. And at one point around Iceland, there's some big mountain or ice wall mountain. And they would try and force them into that, like collide into it. And they're flying at low level on these intercepts. He said it was bad. Like they tried to kill us. It's hostile, yeah. Hostile, yeah. They're always trying to get in and quote in the airspace. It's nuts, isn't it? It's a funny old world we live in, brother. I'm glad I know Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, mate, here's a little story. It might be a suitable rounding off for this one. 
We're talking about space and the wonder of space. Mm. I remember Bear Grylls actually mm. saying something about the rainforest and he went in the rainforest and if ever you've been, I, I had the privilege once to be in the Amazon rainforest and it's dense, it's thick, there's no light, little not, light. I would not like that. Mate, it's humid, yeah. it's... it's it's, it's, it's a tangible weight in there. Do you know yeah, what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah. Anyway, bears... Can't see the sky. No, no, no. It's all covered. And it is a jungle. It really is a jungle. Anyway, bears walking through somewhere and he says he saw this flower and it was the only flower amongst just this twisted, gnarly mangroves, mm. you know, real deep, dark forest. And he really had this sort of picture of God's extravagance that maybe just for that moment, that was there for him to see. God knew he would go that way, he would yeah. see it. And, and I like that idea that the extravagance of God in in a sense as a creator, that when you look into space, it is beyond our imagination. Yeah, but 100%. It's something of his wonder. I had an atheist said to me once, if there's a God, why did he can create thousands of types of fly, species of yeah. fly? And I went, well, he just likes making stuff. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he makes stuff. Yeah, make stuff. And even stuff we can't understand, like a fly that lives his life to just poo or carry well, they're, infection. They're, God, they're God's clean-up squads, aren't they? Flies are like, if there were no flies, we'd be covered in mess, man. They just, they chew it all they up. They turn dude. up they, quick, don't they, as well? Yeah, and they, they eat it all up. They they are robotic clean-up squads. They, without the insects, we'd be screwed. Like They, they just mop it all up. Yeah. They eat all the rubbish. Great, I like flies. The flies are good. Nice. Vanessa wants to bite you, though. What's that film? Is it Lord of the Flies? Or the yeah, Lord of Fly? the Flies is a book. What's the one with Jeff Gold? Oh, that's Fly, isn't it? Where he fly, turns, into, turns a fly. into a fly. That scared me as a kid. Man. Yeah, man. The metamorphosis in that oh, one was it's, not good. It's gnarly. Those he, hairs on his back. Man. Yeah, but he turned into like a machine, didn't he? It's like amazing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 